We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. That's right. I said $100,000 in March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner Bet Online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word, Blue Wire, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We're talking wide receiver and tight end NFL combine performance on Roto Viz Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin. I am joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. We talked running backs and quarterbacks earlier in the week. Today, we are talking wide receivers and tight ends. Matt, how excited are you about these wide receivers? Oh, yeah, I love it. It's a great wide receiver class. Some people, okay, so uh, Daniel Jeremiah said that he's. Um, he's tracked uh, 27 receivers who uh, in this class who he thinks should be like in general uh, graded in rounds one through three. And Todd McShay uh, said that he's charted 20. He thinks should be in rounds one through three. 
like just in terms of like um big picture like macro grade yeah. um that seems really aggressive uh like some years there aren't even 27 wide receivers drafted um it's you know so <laughs> i th- i think the enthusiasm for this class has gotten out of hand and you know, those were what the guys said before the combine, you know, so we just kind of have to see now what they think about some of the guys, but, um, I don't know. It's still a really great class. Uh, I don't think it's as strong as the, I would say like all time great class of 2014, but, uh, it is still really good. Yeah. Um, couple of very exciting performances that we can get into, but I want to start off with CD lamb. One of the more notable names of the class out of Oklahoma, 6'2", 198, still only 20 years old, runs the 40 at a time of 4'5", which is a 62nd percentile score, weak bench, 35th percentile vertical, 60th, or excuse me, 69th percentile broad, a freak score of 53. Uh, freak score is looking at how fast the player is in balance with their size, um, with Calvin Johnson putting up the best freak score of all time. We did see another very strong freak score that we will talk about, but that's really middle of the road. Were you disappointed in this performance by Lamb? It's it's hard to kind of talk about because he he's going to go, I think, in the you know like first half of round one, definitely in round one. But he's he's not a big guy. He's six two, but only one hundred ninety eight pounds. Um. He's not a particularly fast guy, although getting to the 4.5 number was big for him. Um, as a recruit, I believe he ran like a 4.6 at around like 180 pounds. So like it's big that he you know, he put on weight and he put on speed. Um, but if you look at the players who are comparable just from their athletic profile, like not many guys like him get drafted in the first round. Uh, yep. And so, you know, you just kind of have to think about that a couple of ways. Like, does that mean that he doesn't really deserve to be a first rounder? Or does it mean that they're just, you know, like he has the skill and there just haven't been guys like him in the body type who have actually been good enough to be drafted in the first round. But now he is. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what to think. I think that it was an okay enough athletic performance that if you were feeling really good about Lamb prior, I don't think it should change your opinion that much. It just doesn't uh, shoot him up your board. Yeah. I mean, Probably I, the way I I'm going to look at it. I think that's fair. It's just, you know, it is really weird, I think, to look at the guys who are comparable and yeah. see that really none of them get drafted in round one. Like some of them get drafted in round two, but really these are like round three, round four guys. But of course, like most of them didn't have the production he had. Most of them weren't, you know, four or five star recruits entering college. So you just kind of have to uh, calibrate for it a little bit. Like Robert Woods is the guy I think who's most comparable uh, physically, who's like in the same draft range as well. But I still don't think they're really all that comparable in terms of like the way that they play. Yeah, so in the model that I have for matching up players athletically, um, there's a couple of things that I do to highlight players that are interesting. One of them is looking at in the players' first three seasons, if they went over uh, an average points per game of 10, and then if in their first three seasons they totaled more than 300 points. 
I only have two players that hit on either of those. One is Tyler Boyd. The other is Robert Woods. None of his other comps achieved that. In fact, they averaged 4.8 points per game in their first three seasons. So if you are looking for players that you can kind of wrap your head around, like you said, it's really Robert Woods, the other one being Tyler Boyd, but neither of these players. Um, well, actually, when did Woods go? I forget if you said. I, I actually don't remember what Woods round was he in went. round two. Round two, right. And Tyler Boyd was not a first rounder. So, yeah, it's hard to find when I'm looking down this list any players that did go in the first round. And I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, none of them did. So, yeah, that is pretty strange. Yeah. Um, let's talk, though, before I forget, I want to talk about Chase Claypool, a name that people probably didn't spend too much time looking at before the combine. Out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 238, runs the 40, though, at a 4'4", which is 86th percentile, gives him a freak score of 90, which is like off the charts, one of the best of all time, 83rd percentile bench, 94th percentile vertical jump, 81st percentile broad, comps with players like DK Metcalf, Martavis Bryant, Andre Johnson, Michael Floyd, Michael Pittman, Dante Moncrief. I think that it's probably fair to say he had the most... um, surprisingly awesome combine and uh, may gain the most attention as a result of his combine in comparison to what he had prior. Yeah. So I had him ranked uh, like for the, the dynasty rookie rankings at number 30 and he was in the same neighborhood with Denzel Mims who obviously moved up the board a lot, but like in that neighborhood of like, okay um, I, I have an interest in these guys based on what they did in college based on the uh, rankings that they had entering college. Uh, now we just kind of have to see what they do at the combine. Um, and obviously he's shooting up the board. Um, I now have him uh, as a round two guy, uh, higher in round two. Um, I still don't think he's like a first rounder. Like he, I don't, he won't be drafted in round one of the NFL draft, but you know, like what he did was like Vincent Jackson level impressive. Um, just in terms of his his physical performance at the combine, and I know he's going to get dinged because he didn't break out till his final season, but um, it was still like actually a really good season. Um, so I I don't know like he's he was a four star recruit entering college. He tore up the combine. He was productive in his final season at a big school. Like I I like him quite a bit. Like I think he's one of the guys who adds a lot of value in the second round. Yeah, I think it's hard not to get excited about that performance, especially when you look at some of those comps. Let's get back, though, to some of the uh, more heavily focused on players in advance of the combine. Let's talk about Jerry Judy, 6'1", 193, out of Alabama, posted a 4'4", 40-yard dash, a 78th percentile time. He was at a 42% or 42nd percentile, 45th percentile vertical and broad, pretty weak in the shuttle at a 13th percentile. Um, I don't know. The 445, you probably have to like his best match, Stefan Diggs. Kenny Stills gets in there. How are you feeling about this performance? It was fine. It doesn't really change anything for me. Um, yep. It was very, uh, <coughs> sorry for that cough, disgusting. Uh, it was very um, Calvin Ridley-esque, I thought. You know, like, he's pretty much the same size as Ridley, ran a similar 40 time. Uh, you know, unlike Ridley, he was, uh, well, one, he's young, uh, you know, and then two, he was 
you know, productive or more productive at Alabama. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's fine, whatever. Like, I think he probably is a top three fantasy pick. Like, you could make the argument that he's the first wide receiver off the board. And if, you know, if you're someone who wants to draft receivers early, maybe you even draft him before, you know, like one of the running backs or something like yep. that. So I, I think he's a, a top three fantasy pick. Yep. All right. Let's look at Henry Ruggs, another wide receiver out of Alabama, 5'11", 188. Absolutely blazes though. 4'2", 40, which is in 100 percentile 40 yard dash a vertical jump 97th percentile and a broad jump that is 93rd percentile clearly a very athletically gifted player how are you feeling about rugs after that blazing fast time you know it's funny uh on this series show like uh okay so i i built a model trying to predict uh how different players would run because you could you know bet on that in certain yep. markets um i i did so some of them i should just say i was way off like justin jefferson we'll talk about him but i was way off on his 40 time but i nailed rugs at 4.27 <laughs> uh so i'm i'm personally uh very happy about that so it's not it's not a surprise that that's what he ran like he you know went to alabama that you know a school that has like uh you know a great collection of four and five star talent maybe like the best collection of four or five star talent uh, that college football has ever seen like over the past decade. Um, and all of those guys were talking about how much of a freak Henry Ruggs was. So you knew he had to be really fast. Um, so whether he actually broke John Ross's record of, you know, 4.22, uh, or, you know, he just came close to it, whatever it was, you knew he was going to be pretty fast. So the 4.27, super impressive, doesn't really change my opinion of him. Uh, he's going to be hotly debated. Uh, as we approach the draft, because he didn't really have a breakout season. Um, that said, I I'm looking at a guy who uh, has a great athletic profile, who was a five star recruit, who was efficient with his touches at Alabama, um, and who will be a 21 year old rookie who's likely to go in the first round. Like uh, this is like Josh Jacobs all over again. Yeah, uh, you know, he he doesn't have like he doesn't have the volume of production, but he was highly efficient when he touched the ball. Like I understand for people who uh who care about breakout age uh or just breakout in general, like I and, and I tend to be one of those people. Like I understand why he uh he has that one big mark that seems to be massively disqualifying, but he has everything else that normally accompanies great production. He just didn't have that massive production. Instead, he was just, you know, merely adequate as a producer in a very efficient way when he was having to compete with touches with other five-star recruits. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I have trouble not getting very excited about Henry, uh, Henry Ruggs here. Um, and also, uh, my cat, Henry, you might hear in the background, too. So he's just kind of punctuating how excited we are about this player. Um, who do you want to go with next? Maybe Denzel Mims? Yeah. Um, Mims, yeah. I mean, what is there to say? Like, he, first of all, I think he was underappreciated um, for what he did in college. You know, uh, Baylor has had to deal with a lot of problems uh, because of the Art Bryles situation over the past four years. Um, and he still had two seasons there with over a thousand yards receiving, 
Um, you know, the, the clear top receiver there at Baylor for the past three seasons. This last year, over a thousand yards receiving, 12 touchdowns in 13 games. Uh, and then at the combine, you know, 6'3, 207, and then Blaze the 4.38. Um, he's older, he's 23, but you know, whatever. Like, I, I kind of don't care. He's he's impressive. I think he's probably someone who adds a lot of value if you can get him in the second round of rookie drafts. And I think he probably will be available there or near the end of the first round. So I like him a lot. Yep. 93rd percentile, 40, 60th percentile bench, 84th percentile vertical, 93rd percentile broad, only 21st percentile in the shuttle, but a three cone that was 94th percentile. Closest matches are Javon Walker. You also have Julio Jones in there, Torrey Smith, DJ Moore, Martavis Bryant, Sammy Watkins, um, Sammy Coates. You do see players, though, like Stephen Hill um, and David Geddes. You know, so there's there's an odd mixture of players in here, but there are some exciting ones that you can point to. Um, I do agree with him being an intriguing option in the second round of drafts. Uh, is there anybody in particular that you want to go to next? Uh, I like Michael Pittman a lot. Me too. Okay, let's talk about him. Yeah, I mean, you know, his father played in the NFL. Uh, not that that really means anything, but people like to talk about that. So it's like, hey, <laughs> I'll, I'll mention it. Uh, yeah. You know, 6'4", 223 pounds, was a four-star recruit to USC. Uh, you know, broke out his senior year and then at the combine of 4.5240 time. Um, 23 years old. So, you know, similar situation like with Denzel Mims. He's not one of those like young flashy guys, but uh, I really like those big guys. And, um, you know, again, really nice season. His final year at USC. I I like him as someone who's going to go in round three and, you know, produce as if he had been drafted in round two. Yeah, I, I like that mixture of the 6'4", 223. By the way, at that size, a 53rd percentile 40-yard dash gives you a freak score of 70. Uh, the 50th percentile level for a freak score is 71. So that's an impressive uh, performance there. Also, Brian Quick, one of his closest uh, comps. So maybe he can be the Brian Quick that actually manages to put things together for a sustained period of time. Oh man, that really hurts that you mentioned Brian Quick. Well, now, <laughs> and I, I see it. The uh, yeah, the size, the speed. Uh, I, I do see it. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that's painful. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> All right, let's move over to Justin Jefferson, who you'd mentioned earlier, uh, a okay. player out of LSU, runs the 40-yard dash at a time of 443, 83rd percentile, 75th percentile in the vertical jump, 81st percentile in the broad. Uh, a pretty close comp to a player like Torrey Smith would, I think, be the name that people would be most familiar with. How solid um, of a prospect do you believe him to be? Uh, okay. So let's play a little game. How, how much do you think he weighed as a prospect? Uh, sorry, as a recruit when he was entering LSU, I don't know, 156 pounds. Okay. So he was 180, uh, at the combine, he was 202 pounds. So he put on, uh, 22 pounds. Uh, okay. At the combine, he ran a 4.43. How fast do you think he was as a recruit? I'm just going to say aim high whatever number you say it's not going to be high enough how fast he was as a recruit well i don't know if you mean high is in like a good time or high is in the bad time high is in the bad time oh god maybe let's say like a four six eight no he was he ran a 4.88 
Oh my gosh! At, at 180 pounds. Wow. What is he, Matt Jones? Like, I, I uh, mean, that was unbelievable. Just wow. how slow he was at 180 pounds, and uh, like it speaks to how good he must be as a football player that he was able to be recruited by LSU despite his like clear physical limitations. And maybe there was something weird going on with the circumstances of his 40 time because I find it hard to believe that a guy could run a 4.88 as a recruit at 180 pounds and in three years put on 22 pounds and shave off 0.45 seconds on his 40 time. Um, but that's where we are. Like I was expecting him to run in the four sixes and he just destroyed that with a 4.43. And so the only question I had with him was his athleticism, but you know, he shows up, he's not big, but he's six, one, two Oh two, like whatever that checks the box. And then the 4.43, uh, demolishes any, you know, expectation you might have of his athleticism. He's 21 years old and he was incredibly productive last season he was even i would i think like productive enough in the season before that for him to have uh like a breakout season there so uh i mean i i don't see what there is to dislike about him he's if he's not a first rounder in the nfl draft he's for sure a second rounder and i think he should probably go in the first round yeah i like jefferson a lot for all the reasons that you mentioned i know he's a player that a lot of the guys at Rotoviz are very, very interested in. So Justin Jefferson, uh, certainly a name to keep in mind. Um, I'm going to kind of scroll down my list here and see if there was any other players I was interested in mentioning. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, any, uh, any, no, let's not talk about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, right, we can, we can leave that, uh, for, uh, Colm and, and Sean to cover. I'm sure they'll talk about, about Hodgins. Um, okay. One guy, uh, two guys we have to talk about one yeah. Antonio Gibson. Cause I like, there's a question as to whether he's a wide receiver or whether he's a running back. Um, he, you know, was technically a wide receiver in college, especially his first two years at junior college. He was a wide receiver. Um, at Memphis last year, he, I mean, he was a wide receiver, but he was kind of like that hybrid uh, Tony Pollard role where he would also get some carries. So even though he didn't touch the ball that often, uh, I am typing it in right now. Like I think he had like 30 something carries and yeah, 33 carries and only 38 receptions. And yet on that really limited usage, he had uh, just over 1100 scrimmage yards, 12 touchdowns from scrimmage. And then he also added a kick return. Uh, and then he's six feet, 228 pounds and a 4.39, um, was a four-star recruit coming out of junior college. I don't know if he plays as a wide receiver, a running back. I think it's probably more of a running back in the NFL, but I mean, he tested with the wide receivers. That's technically what he's listed as, you know, like Ty Montgomery back in the day, but, um, he's totally intriguing to me regardless of his position. Yeah. So as a wide receiver, his closest comp is A.J. Brown. You also see 
uh, Michael Floyd on that list. Niles Paul uh, was his second closest comp, who eventually ended up playing tight end, I believe. Uh, but if we flip over and we look at the running backs that he comps with, you see an interesting slate of names, actually. Um, Andre Brown, Kevin Jones, Ryan Matthews, Carlos Williams, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Royce Freeman. Interesting mix of guys there. Toby Gerhardt. So I don't really know um, what position he should be playing. As far as people that are going to be drafting him go, do you think that it is a concern spending a pick on a player that you don't know where they are actually going to be utilized in the NFL? Uh, maybe, but I think he provides value. Like, I think he will fall further down the draft board than he should just because he's, you know, kind of like a positionless player. Um, but, you know, Tony Pollard was kind of in that vein. Ty Montgomery was in that vein. I don't know. I like him a lot. I, I kind of don't care. Yep. Okay. And I think that you said there was another player that you made that you really yeah, wanted to talk uh, about. Jalen Rager. We have to talk okay. about him uh, because like, I think he was already going to be someone who was uh, talked about a lot uh, entering the draft just because he didn't have a good final season, but there were going to be excuses made for him just because his offense fell apart and he was you know, still the number one receiver on the team. It was just the team sucked, uh, but he was super productive in his uh, sophomore season. Uh, had 1,200 yards, double-digit touchdowns, uh, you know, touched the ball in a variety of ways. So there's a lot to like about him, 21 years old. Um, people thought he was going to run in the four threes. Some people thought he might even have a shot, like an outside shot at beating Henry Ruggs in the 40-yard dash. Uh, he showed up at the combine at 206 pounds, and, like, that immediately set off, like, warning bells of, like, okay, like, he might have great athleticism, for a guy who's 5'11 and 206 pounds, but he's not going to run in the four twos. And he ran a 4.47, um, which like is the 70th percentile. It, that's, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all for a guy who's 206 pounds, but like no one is going to talk about him like a first rounder. And before he did have some first round buzz. And if he had run in like the low four threes, he potentially could have been a first rounder. But uh, I mean, now like that's not even up for discussion very weak agility too. Yeah. If you're somebody that thinks that that matters for wide receivers, only 18th percentile on the shuttle, 19th percentile on the three cone. So the 50th percentile agility score is 11.32. He comes in at an 11.77. So that would be very problematic if you're placing a lot of emphasis on that score. Yeah. And then one more guy uh, I want to mention at the position, uh, Devin DuVernay who yep. I didn't really think about all that much, uh, to be honest, like especially early on, um, because he didn't break out at, uh, at a young age, um, you know, played at UT, didn't really do much for his first three seasons. But, you know, last year in his final year, he uh, definitely did break out. So there's, you know, there's reason to be uh, I guess slightly enthusiastic. I mean, he had 106 receptions in his final season. He ended up with 1,400 yards. 10 touchdowns from scrimmage um, is a pretty decent return man uh, was a four-star recruit actually recruited to Baylor and like, you know, Baylor, they recruit guys who are track stars. So you knew he was going to be athletic recruited to Baylor, but decided not to go there because of the art Bryles situation uh, at the combine was 510, 200 pounds and went 4.39. So, you know, like that's legit athleticism. I still don't know how high he's going to be drafted. Um, but you know, I think all it takes is a team that likes him in the third round and then, you know, he gets a shot to be T Y Hilton. 
Yep, for sure. Um, I want to talk Donovan Peoples-Jones here, a player 212-62 out of Michigan, a 68th percentile 40-yard dash time at a 448. Freak score of 63, but incredible jumping numbers, 99th percentile vertical, 99th percentile broad. I have literally no thoughts on him, except <laughs> except that um, I want to avoid, I can't even remember his name. Like uh, the Michigan guy who was like a tight end slash wide receiver. Devin he, Funches? Yes, I want to avoid Devin Funches. All and right, well, I think that's what this guy is. So um, I have Amazon Prime. On Amazon Prime, one of the series that you can watch is this one that follows the Michigan football team. Um, as a result of watching some of that, I want to like Donovan Peoples-Jones more. Um, unfortunately, though, if you look at the athletic comps that match for him, it is very weird to see, despite those numbers, nobody of significance on this list. And you also see names like Chris Conley, Sammy Coates, uh, Josh Doxson, and a couple more players that might have got you, oh, Cordell Patterson that might have got you interested and then it just never really worked out for. So unfortunately, uh, not to read too much into this list of comps, but when you look at everything, um, not looking incredibly hopeful for people's Jones. Any other names that you want to get to or you want me to pick a couple more that I found interesting? Uh, I don't know. People are into KJ Hamler, but he didn't run at the combine. So he's someone we'll need to keep an eye on. He's expected to run at Penn State's Pro Day. Um, Gabriel Davis is someone who's yep. intriguing, uh, you know, 21 years old. I expect him not to be highly drafted. So I think whenever you can get a younger guy later in the draft, that adds value, uh, six, two, 216 pounds, ran a 4.54 at the combine, which like, that's not blazing, but that's, that's good enough for his size. Um, and, uh, he's intriguing, you know, was, was pretty productive, uh, in his career at UCF. So, uh, I don't know. Someone he's someone to keep an eye on. Like I'll be curious to see um, how high he's drafted. Like I could see round three for him. Yep. Um, Darnell Mooney, another player that got into the four three range, ran a four three eight. He's five ten one seventy six. So that's actually a very weak freak score, but still overall ninety third percentile forty yard dash, um, right at the sixty nine percentile for the vertical and the broad jump. Um, do you have any thoughts on Mooney? You know, maybe there's uh, some interest in him just via that fast 40 time. I don't know. I just, I can't get in on guys who didn't really produce much in college. And, you know, like he never really had a, a great breakout year. And guys who have like breakout seasons where like you had 800 yards is like, I don't care. Like, I, sorry, I don't consider that an actual breakout season. Right. And it's kind of the thought of, if you can run a 4-3-8, that's great. But if you're running the 4-3-8 and you're not really contributing heavily in at a school like Tulane, does that 4-3-8 really matter? Yeah, uh, totally agree. I'm I'm not into him. Um, Brandon Ayuk is someone we should yep. probably just mention a little bit. Uh, had a, a pretty decent uh, 40 time, like 4.5 at 6 feet, 205 pounds. Like it's not great, but uh, it's good enough. Uh, some people have given him some first round hype. I don't think he gets there, but I, I could see him being a round two, round three guy. And uh, he was you know, productive at Arizona State. He played in junior college before that and was productive there. Uh, you know, actually had some like punt return touchdowns, some kick return touchdowns, uh, scored as a runner. You know, there like there are a lot of reasons to be interested in him. Like, I think he has a pretty well-rounded skill set. 
Yep. Well, we are just about out of time, so I think that we will stop there for no, this week. No, one more guy. One more. Okay. Uh, the tight end. I am going to. Uh, oh yeah, we completely forgot to mention tight ends, but it, I didn't. It, it doesn't matter. There aren't many tight ends yeah. to be enthusiastic about this uh, in this class, but uh, Albert Okuwebunam. Okay, Okuwebunam. Albert Okuwebunam. Something like that. I think I got pretty close that last time. Albert O is basically what everyone calls him uh, yep. for obvious reasons. Um, but he was um, productive his first year at Missouri. Uh, didn't really do much his two final years, which is kind of disappointing because like, he has all the physical tools in the world, as we saw at the Combine. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, 6'5", 258 pounds, 4.49, 40 time, which is blazing fast for a tight end and um i don't know like i think college production for tight ends can kind of be overvalued anyway like i think what matters more is just the overall skill set um people say that he has a hard time catching the ball like i think he had a double digit uh drop rate which is not good so uh, i don't know that's like the one thing that kind of gives me some pause with him but um and he's not a good route runner but i think that's also kind of overrated so anyway, we just kind of have to see. Like, he's one of those guys that's just a, a pure physical freak. Uh, he was never able to stay, like, fully healthy in college, which is, all, like, I'm saying all these horrible things about him. Um, <laughs> but, like, that said, I think he's probably going to be drafted in the second round, and he's an athletic marvel. So uh, I like, you know, having exposure to tight ends who are drafted high and are athletic marvels. So he's someone I will be very interested in, and right now I have him in the dynasty rookie rankings near the top of the second round. Perfectly fair. Uh, I assume no other tight ends that you want to uh, squeeze in here. No, he's good. Okay. All right. So on that note, thank you to bet online for sponsoring the episode. We'll be back next week. Um, reminder to get that 10% off podcast discount at the rotoviz.com homepage or podcast homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast you can find me on twitter at dave cabin ff you can find matt at matt f the oracle email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com until next time remember it's not fantasy if you believe it Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.